We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show at xzoneradio.net. This show explores in depth and breadth issues which are attracting a great deal of attention, largely because they present huge problems which seem to do um, suffer from not having easy answers. Obviously, we live in a world that is highly stressful. Just pick up any uh, local newspaper and note the uh, problems that are legion. Among some of these overwhelming issues are an epidemic of heroin that seems to be out of control, police and citizens in near-pitch battles with outbreaks of violence, people in general stressed out, often feeling overwhelmed with feelings of anxiety, fear, depression, stress, and frustration, not knowing exactly how to deal with it, Often feeling overwhelmed by these and other issues, there's an increasing interest in people seeking out therapy. Um, seeking out therapy. My program addresses all of these issues and invites your questions about any and all. For example, imagine considering yourself needing or wanting or exploring the possibility of going into treatment. Before I went into treatment, I had numerous questions about the undertaking. For example, how do I know I need it? What is treatment? 
I knew that there were a bunch of uh, different schools, actually there are 355 of them. So how do you know which one's best for you? How do you know what treatment is? It obviously has to do with making significant change, but how does change come about? So all of these and other questions are what I'm interested in exploring on this show. In that connection, I invite each of you uh, to possibly go back to the first show. This is number six, and um, the subject matter is meaningful coincidences, of which I've been interested in for the last 50 years. If you start over with program one, you will get a um, clear uh, sense of uh, what I'm about, and I urge you, if you're interested in the topic, please send me your questions. Many people believe the answer to all of the above issues is to look to current scientific research. Others believe that that's not going to do it, and, and indeed, they, um, they sort of reject science. <clears throat> in place of science, they believe that faith and religion and spirituality is the best place to look. All of these issues have been of keen interest to me all my conscious life. As far back as I can recall, I've been seeking absolute answers to ultimate questions. These questions include, who am I? What's the meaning of my life? What's my purpose? Is there an absolute meaning? Who, who, do I have to create it? Or is it out there to be grabbed onto, so to speak? <clears throat> How does change come about? particularly if I'm stuck, and is it possible overall to live what I would refer to as an artistic life, that is, a life that is creative, by which I mean a fully lived life of meaningful connections with myself, others that I love, my work, my hobbies, and so forth. Ongoing attempts to answer these big questions have motivated me to become deeply involved with what I refer to as bases of knowledge, including speculative philosophy, depth psychology, the esoteric occult, spirituality, and science, particularly scientific method. This intense interest has motivated me to research the fascinating area of meaningful coincidences coined by Jung synchronicities, and I've done so for the last 50 years. Those interested might wish to take a look at my uh, summary of my book uh, called Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences, Synchronicities, The Evolving Self, The Personal Unconscious, and The Creative Process. Just go to Amazon, plug in Gibbs Williams, and you'll see a uh, reasonably good overview. You might also like to view my website, AskDrGibbs.net on your computer and also my site on Facebook, also called Ask Dr. Gibbs. You will find a place where you can either make uh, comments and I urge you all, please, if you're all interested, uh, ask uh, questions or I'm gonna have to change the title of my program, which is Ask Dr. Gibbs. I invite you to ask these questions on these topics, which I will try to answer in subsequent shows. From time to time, I will invite guests who are experts in the issue currently explored. The topic for today is a continuing exploration of the nature and uses of meaningful coincidences. I started with my first broadcast five weeks ago. <clears throat> Amazing how 
time flies when you're having fun. I introduced the topic of what to make of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities and of what value they have been to me, what perked my interest and what continues to perk my interest. We will uh, have to take a break now. We'll come back and continue on. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walk the entire property, 
checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our rise retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show. I want to continue uh, speaking about the nature of meaningful coincidences and what to do with them and their implications and so forth. I find it really quite amazing that this topic has held my interest for 50 years. And it's important, I think, to mention that just at a point when I would have thought that everything has been said on this topic, another wrinkle comes up and indicates there's more to explore. And I think that the reason for this is it has to do with the attitude to mystery. Why I have explored this or continue to explore this issue is that I first became interested in the specifics of meaningful coincidences when I discovered Jung, who coined the term synchronicities, and who spent much of his subsequent life exploring the nature and uses of meaningful coincidences. And I believed, I, I, would, I started out as a de facto Jungian and believed that what he said, the master said, is, is it. And I discovered along the way, being immersed in the literature, that he came to some really startling and extremely important conclusions about his particular theory. What he believed was that these things can never be scientifically verified, or you can't really understand them using scientific method. Now, for somebody like myself who majored in philosophy at Columbia University and who has been a psychoanalyst for a number of years, scientific method or Freud's idea of psychic determinism, that things hold together by virtue of a principle of psychic determinism, meaning that for every reaction or every event, there is a knowable definite set of causes. So you go from cause to effect, cause to effect, cause to effect. And when you have enough of the... We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying 
Thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Understanding of how these things chain together you have a reasonable explanation or an objective explanation, which is what science tries to do. It tries to objectify how things get linked together, including meanings. Jung had a rather startling conclusion to his, uh, in effect, anti-scientific attitudes. He proposed that there were three anti-scientific arguments, one of method, one of meaning, and one of time, in which he concluded this extraordinary um, conclusion that a rational explanation of these particular events is not only not possible, not even conceivable. Now, you have to understand that not really having known it as I was uh, developing my own perspective, that I was caught or I was stranded midway between Freudian thinking and Jungian thinking, and that I had attempted to get clear in terms of my own limitations, my own problems, such that when I was in college, I went the way of philosophy, which was a quest for absolute answers to ultimate questions, such as who am I, what's my identity, what do I want, what's my purpose, is there a purpose, where am I going to follow, find it, and so forth. And while it was very stimulating, I learned a lot, I also got good and confused. I got information overload. For example, the first week of Columbia, I read Plato's Republic and felt like he's got the truth. <clears throat> Nothing more need be read. And then read uh, Aristotle's ethics the next week and discovered that, no, he's got it, and so on with Spinoza and a bunch of other people who were very intelligent and all made sense, but it became clear that many of their basic uh, assumptions and organizing concepts seemed to contradict each other, so I got good and confused. In that connection, I remember um, hearing at a... Um, graduation ceremony for my daughter when she was graduating high school that the provost of Yale came and spoke to the um, group of parents and said, look, 
you're, while your kids are going to college, I'm speaking directly to you, and I want to give you some sage advice. So the sage advice was, he said, when your kids come home for Christmas and they're with you at dinner, I want you to ask them um, how, how they really feel about being in their first year of college. And what you want to listen for is that they are good and confused. And if they're not, yank them out of college because it'll be a waste of their time. And I thought to myself, now that really makes sense to me. However, confusion is really confusing. So how do you get deconfused? And I think what he was really saying is, look, the answer to these big questions isn't in the stars and it isn't written down or it's written down, but you got to go out and find your own answers. And the key to success is learning how to really think for yourself and use your own experience as your own final guide. I thought that was really quite brilliant. <clears throat> In any event, I had no difficulty um, fulfilling his um, request or his observation that I should be good and confused. I uh, not only was good and confused my first year of college, I was good and confused for 37 years. And it was largely in my attempt to get deconfused that I tried first uh, two um, uh, therapeutic um, endeavors with two uh, different uh, schools of uh, thought. And while I did grow to some extent, and I have some insights, the truth of it is after six years, I came out perhaps more confused than before I started with both. So I figured that I either was um, a failure in this um, therapy thing, or maybe I was deposited from uh, the moon or some other planet, and I just wasn't uh, comprehensible. In any event, this led me to both start what subsequently became a 37-year journal, which I urge each and every one of you after this program, if you're hearing this, please start a journal. A journal is different than a diary. A diary is I had ham and eggs for breakfast and I took a bath and I uh, feel foggy. A journal is anything that seems to be significant, such as I had an insight last night or this was a really unusual dream and my attitude to dreams used to be they're meaningless, but somehow I feel they're important, so I'm writing this down. You get my point. Anything that's significant, write. And you don't have to make it a chore. Do it whenever you wish. You could make uh, five pages a day, or you could make one page every other month. Up to you. In any event, keep the journal. I'll show you why as we go along. The therapy failing, I kept being motivated to try to find a pathway to, I guess, enlightenment. And among the things that I discovered was what I call the lure of the occult. And this is in, in more depth in the programs that I've already done, but I want to give a rehash to orient uh, newcomers. I discovered Mason's Occult Bookshop, where I discovered the uh, intriguing uh, fascination with astrology and uh, um, I Ching and tarot and handwriting and handwriting analysis and so forth. And I was introduced to some really high level literature 
which I followed and thought to myself, you know, this is really an interesting point of view. And what I found the lure to be was that if you look at the astrological wheel and you see that this thing is divided into, well, it's a circle and you divide the circle into 360 degrees and you, and that is further divided into 12 houses and those houses each um, represent a particular area of what people's lives are all about. So that, for example, the first house is yourself uh, and the seventh house, which is opposite to the first, is <clears throat> love interest and so on. And you have these 12 areas, which neatly fits everybody. <clears throat> and both <clears throat> in addition to being um, divided into activities, there is placed the uh, what is regarded as the important planets of sun, moon, uh, Venus, and so forth, and that each one of these planets are placed according to the time and location of one's birth. And th this is pure astronomy. What makes astronomy into astrology is that when you have the um, time and location of an individual birth and the relative positions of the stars in the various houses, astrology makes the further assumption that these um, energies, all these things have energy and they're all intersecting in certain uh, knowable ways and that you can use them for predictive purposes. Whether one believes in that or not, what fascinated me was that there is a holistic way of viewing not only my life, but everyone's life that seemed to make more sense than simply me as a collection of urges or, you know, it ego, super ego, which I faithfully believe in, but there seemed to be more to life than the limitations of these, um, I think, limiting concepts uh, uh, provided. Meaning, in the journal that I started keeping, I began realizing that every so often I would have these amazing coincidences, which I came to realize were synchronicities coined by Jung, and that they appeared at times which seemingly were random, didn't seem to fit any particular pattern, but that they were experienced as highly significant. I really felt that these were extraordinary occurrences in the midst of rather ordinary, non-particularly uh, stimulating occurrences. You know, just, they really leapt out. They further were seemingly connected with change, big changes. They often occurred when I had been stuck and I seemed to get free. And I experienced them often as if they were messages from, trans, from some transcendent uh, realm of experience. Hence, they felt, I don't know, spooky, occult, um, magical often, um, really different and unusual and quite startling. And they happen like firefly flashes, like they were unpredictable. They just happened. And if you noted it, then um, it was very exciting. And I didn't quite know what to do with all of this stuff, which is what most people's experience is. You will note in the literature, or when people um, talk about these things, they're often addressed as God's little miracles or um, communications from 
uh, some transcendent area of experience, such as master teachers, or maybe dead relatives, or God. It's often referred to as God's little miracles, and so forth. Now, that's that's big talk. That's big time talk. That generally is not floated around a class in philosophy at Columbia. You'd probably be ejected as uh, uh, using a lack of critical thinking. At this point, we will have to take another break. We'll come back and uh, continue. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge, breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president 
of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show on my tendency is to say ozone radio. I think it's not that. Now, what is it? My memory is going quickly here. Um, it's not ozone. I will have to let it go until I come back to it, but I will refer back to the X zone radio. Good. My memory um, came back. I guess I do not have Alzheimer's yet. The lure of the occult was really very important to me from the vantage point of experiencing myself as a whole person, not just a collection of parts or not just a collection of psychological forces, which is okay, but it seemed to speak to a greater truth. And what I mean by that is that when I became increasingly aware of having these synchronicities, I also plugged in my interest in such phenomenon as serendipity, possibly karma, uh, fate, um, loosely spirituality, luck, chance, destiny, all that stuff is a part of living, which really didn't seem to be particularly addressed by a rather uh, narrow um, uh, perspective of psychotherapy, although it was an expanded um, way of viewing things, it didn't account for those kind of things. And when I brought them into uh, my previous therapies, I think I was looked at as, um, what planet are you from? And it really wasn't picked up and addressed in any particular uh, serious way, which goaded me because I began to realize that this stuff really is important. And <clears throat> continuing on with my own particular troubles, I thought even though my two failed, uh, two failed uh, attempts at psychotherapy didn't work, I was at least smart enough to continue to look for a therapy that maybe did work, at which point I discovered Freud. And in reading Freud, I was really shaken up because this man, far from being dead and buried and outmoded, you know, there are books that you read every so often that seem to be written exactly for you. And you really turned on, and it's like monumental. And it's like finding on a train, you know, every so often you go on a train and you're sitting next to a stranger, and you just sink. You just, it, it's like, it really feels like karma, that there's an attunement. And in an hour's ride, you can feel more intimately connected to that stranger on a train than you can to your father and your mother. At least that was the experience I had when I, when I read Freud and other such people. 
reading Freud, he's, he's really incredibly clear. You may object to what he has to say, but you got to object in a way which counters his propositions. When the man speaks, he speaks truthfully. And if you want to object, then challenge his assumptions and, and presuppositions and so forth, utilizing your own experience. That's how I felt about him. Whereas in reading Jung, I felt more seduced. I felt his language. Like, for example, when he talks about normal reactions to synchronicities as numinous experiences, who talks like you're having a numinous experience? What's a numinous experience? It feels otherworldly. It feels like an altered state. It feels magical. It feels like you, there's a sense of it one that everything's connected. As a matter of fact, people who are interested in synchronicities use this. Um, uh, it's a pat phrase. Practically everybody uses it automatically. What is it? That everything is connected. Well, duh, I knew that in the eighth grade with science. Everything is atoms and molecules and so forth. Sure, everything's connected. But what does that mean? Connected how? Or so what? Who cares? And that, that there's a sense of um, incredible meaningfulness that everything's connected. And then I thought to myself, as I developed more critical thinking, I don't want to be connected to everybody. If, if Hitler were around, I'll be damned. If he invited me to lunch, I would refuse the offer. And you, you get what I'm talking about. It, I, I continue to search out for a method to make myself whole because astrology wasn't enough. It was an interesting idea that led me to the idea of unity and um, integrity and, and a, um, getting myself into a feeling of wholeness and meaningfulness, but it didn't offer any particular method as to how to go about doing it. And when I read Freud, I realized instantly I need to explore the possibility of getting into psychoanalysis, not really understanding what it was, just felt right. So I went to an analyst. And early on, I discovered that the way that I tended to make meaning out of the raw data of my experience was largely passively receiving um, information and sort of swallowing it whole through intuition and sensing and feeling, which is okay. But what I subsequently began to realize was I didn't really think critically. I, as I said, I sort of passively sponged everything and identified with it, and I learned a lot, and I changed, but it didn't really accrue to anything that I would call Gibbs Williams. It really didn't have any particular um, accrual to my own unique sense of being. As I developed critical thinking, I began to, as I said, I immersed myself into the literature. I read everything that Jung wrote particularly on the subject of synchronicities and Jungian uh, followers and so forth, found it all terribly interesting. And again, once back to the language, the, the language was, I found really, um, I don't know, romantic and um, inviting. Numinosity was a great word. Uh, his idea of the collective unconscious, uh, the idea that there was a thing called absolute knowledge, the unus mundus, and so forth. Anybody who knows the language that he uses will appreciate the um, mysteriousness and the compelling 
romance of the language. Anyway, I found it a little bit too romantic. And I began to become, as I did my research and, and learned what this was and discovered his three anti-scientific arguments in which he had the startling conclusion of a scientific rational explanation of synchronicities is not only impossible, it's in, inconceivable. I made a startling realization. This guy is like my father, who is extremely authoritarian. And if once his mind was made up, that was it. You couldn't really argue with him. It's his way or the highway. And I began to uh, feel this way, battering my head against a uh, battering ram and gave up on it. However, Jung was clearly not my father. Jung was just Jung. And I had a right to challenge him. And I guess as I plugged deeper into my own critical thinking, I began to realize that going back to those subject matters that I found always interesting, particularly um, uh, depth psychology, most particularly speculative philosophy, spirituality, um, the esoteric occult and science, particularly scientific method, I realized that Jung has started out his theory as all theorists do, making certain fundamental assumptions about the nature of reality and, and knowledge of reality. That's, that's philosophy. And then there's a, an implicit or explicit process that goes on in which you're processing the raw data of your experience, which is depth psychology. And then if you're so interested, you add in the possibility of transcendent forces, which I guess uh, point to both the uh, esoteric occult and aspects of spirituality. And that one way of trying to organize all this stuff or, or, or experiment and make meaning out of it is the use of scientific uh, method and so on. And in, I guess, largely in revolt of um, Jung's categorical assertions that a rational explanation of synchronicities is virtually impossible, I began to systematically refute what he believes were irrefutable arguments. And as a result of doing that, every so often I would come up with another idea, or actually I came up with what I think is a major insight, that any theory of synchronicities always starts out with certain primary assumptions, again, about the nature of reality and how we have knowledge of reality. So that his basic theory was essentially a, a, a Platonist one, Plato who assumes that everything's connected and that there is a connection back to a central source called the unus mundus and that in that central source is the realm of what he refers to as absolute knowledge. Now that's a startling observation, meaning that there is some kind of knowledge which transcends any human interpretation. It's out there and you either make a connection with it or you don't. Further, that with respect to the idea of individual selves, from a Platonistic or a Jungian perspective, everything, yourself, your own self, starts out whole and integrated and together and infused with divine wisdom. You know it all. Presumably, when you're born, you forget it all. Not sure why that is. Sounds like God's playing some kind of odd 
game, but it, nevertheless, that when you are born, you split. And your job as an earthling is to realize that you're split and find a method of reconciling your opposites through what he would think is some kind of his own brand of psychoanalysis, plus his um, idea of getting in touch with what he calls your transcendent function, meaning you have to become spiritual, meaning you have to have a felt connection with this unums mundus or this realm of seemingly absolute knowledge. And the way you know that you are connecting with absolute knowledge is um, drum roll through the experience of synchronicities. Now that all, there's a logic to that. That makes sense. It's very romantic. It's wonderful. I think most people really feel that. Um, this is the idea of having mystical experiences and senses of alignment, altered states of consciousness, and a feeling of illumination. People who have these things often feel like being guided by um, uh, direct information and they're receiving it through um, passive intuition or channeling and that they uh, get off on it and they react to it. They feel in the presence of numinosity and that they really feel that if they uh, can interpret the message that it will tell them exactly where to go and so on. Um, fine. Uh, people obviously are going to believe whatever they're going to believe and that's one set of beliefs. However, as I began to get more and more involved with this stuff, it seemed a little, um, shall I call it, spiritually grandiose. And I began to think to myself um, messages from some divine source. Well, where is that source? Who are the messengers? What is the messenger? And why am I being so honored of getting it? Why am I so, so special? I like to think of myself as special, but getting messages from divinity and being guided, uh, why? And is it good guidance? And where are we going with all this stuff? In any way, any event, when I started to pick holes, which I will have to continue to wait on, and we will come back after the next break. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show for the uh, final segment. Boy, it sure goes quick when you're having a lot of fun. Uh, picking up on picking holes, as my... Uh, critical thinking developed, and I realized I was getting feeling more and more actually challenged by Jung's uh, categorical assertions that there's no scientific way of explaining these things. I came upon what I felt was really a major insight, which is that if every theory, non-synchronicity theories, every theory, begins with an implicit or explicit primary assumption about the nature of reality and knowledge of reality and what that knowledge is. Then I thought, well, what if I turn Jung's primary assumptions on their head so that instead of going along with the idea that there's a fundamental unity to everything and that everything is connected, 
which of course it is in some degree, but it isn't necessarily um, filled with uh, absolute knowledge. There are obviously atoms and molecules of which everything's connected, but that's not the point. The point about everything connected has an assumption that it's connected with a kind of spirituality and a certain collective unconscious or uh, collective consciousness or whatever. If you make a primary assumption that it's that the key to understanding the nature of reality is by is not necessarily assuming that everything's connected, but that you do the connecting, then you move from a platonic position of everything's unified and what you have to do is make a reconnection with that basic absolute knowledge, then instead of that, what if you take the idea that as a baby, you would probably, if asked the nature of reality, if you could talk and, and were sensible, you would probably answer something like what William James says, is that the nature of reality is like a booming, buzzing, confusion, but as you say it, a, a buzzing, a booming, buzzing, conf, booming, buzzing, something of confusion in which each person's job is to organize the raw data of their experience. In effect, you have to learn as an individual how to make meaning out of the raw data of your experience. Now, that's a different point of view. That's, that's entirely different. So that, for example, instead of the self being viewed as already whole, it, it's obviously split, but that there is an implied wholeness if you can remember it and get back to it. Instead of that idea, that the self is a bunch of fragmented experiences and that it's your job to make yourself whole and that you do that in conjunction with parenting and um, authorities and gaining knowledge and taking what seems to be your experience and distilling meaning out of it and gradually forming a, a separate uh, and unique identity through what I believe is each person's own unique idiosyncratic creative process. And when you do that, then it seems to be a possibility that maybe there is a way of having a science of synchronicities if you realize that the concepts that are used is largely based upon your primary assumptions about these various things, like, as I said, uh, philosophical, psychological, spiritual, and so forth, primary assumptions. That in any theory, which I realized, of synchronicities, that different primary assumptions about these knowledge bases are going to lead inevitably to different conceptualizations of organizing concepts, and those organizing concepts are going to lead to different pathways of interpretation with respect to how to use these things. For example, listen to this really interesting um, uh, paragraph by Antoine Lavoisier in a seminal book uh, on the elements of chemistry. And, and think about applying it to theory building and synchronicities. He says, 
Every branch of physical science must consist of three things. The series of facts, which are the objects of science, the ideas which represent these facts, and the words by which these facts are expressed. And as ideas are preserved and communicated by means of words, it necessarily follows that we cannot improve the language of any science without at the same time improving the science itself. Neither can we, on the other hand, improve the science without improving the language or nomenclature which belongs to it. Okay, what's all that mean in terms of synchronicity building? That the central most important finding of Jung in terms of understanding synchronicities is that all synchronicities have a common structure, but they all feel different. The common structure is that you have an internal event which connects somehow mysteriously to an external event, which apparently is not caused, but is connected through an equivalence of meaning and seems to happen simultaneously in terms of time. Okay, so what? The so what is that he throws out causality as, an ex, as a poor explanation, as an impossible explanation for understanding the link between inner and outer, and comes up with a principle called a-causality, which is ridiculous because it's just playing with words. Now, the dilemma in synchronicity theory from a scientific vantage point is adequately trying to explain what Jung believes is an unexplainable link of causality without resorting to the absurd notion of a causality. Well, how do you do it? Well, you do it by the possibility of changing the paradigm in terms of science. What it may call into question is that there is more than one way to view the process of causality, which is the road I took. And there is enough of the literature that supports the idea that you don't have to throw the causality baby out with the bath if you change your way that causality works, at least with respect to the experiences of synchronicities, then perhaps you can, conti you can continue to have a causal explanation which should lead ultimately to a science of synchronicities. That, in a way, in a summary, is, is what my 50-year research has been attempting to do. Now, what's important is that the concepts that Jung uses to make sense out of these, uh, out of these experiences, and Freud uses, can, under different perspectives, be redefined. And once you redefine these things and you can see that there's a logic of experience, then you can come up with an entirely different uh, or unique theory of synchronicities, which is what my research has attempted to do, which I will go into with subsequent um, talks. Now, I know that a lot of this is um, heady and lots of information. What I'm trying to convey is that there are, there is, at least two and perhaps more alternative ways of viewing the nature of meaningful coincidences, which inevitably lead to a different way of viewing their functions and, and how to interpret them and the uses to which they're put. Just to give you a hint, 
from my vantage point, it might, it might be asked, well, why go your way? I mean, everybody has their own way. But who cares? I think, I think the way that you utilize synchronicities is really significant. For one, the way that you gain knowledge through the Jungian approach is largely through intuition. And uh, it's a sort of passive reception in which you just feel guided and you go with the guidance. If it works, then by all means do it. From my vantage point, you're shortchanging yourself. From my vantage point, the uh, way that you utilize synchronicities is to get in touch with your own idiosyncratic creative process. So you actively tune in. How do you, as a person, actively make your own personal meanings? So it's an entirely different approach to the subject matter. To each his own each person is going to choose their own way. I just found this of um, that instead of a sort of fuzzy archetypal um, meaning to synchronicities, which is the Jungian approach, I have found that my way leads to what I call person-specific knowledge and is most useful when you feel good and stuck and being able to utilize or see synchronicities in the context of uh, a journal, which I urge you to keep. You can begin to see them functioning as waking dreams, and if you learn how to interpret the waking dream, they will indeed give you personal guidance in terms of what you need to do to get unstuck. Um, my way, in a way, gets rid of the magic and romance of synchronicities, but I believe it gives you something even more precious, which is a personal connection with your own, what I believe is each person's idiosyncratic creative process. In subsequent talks, we'll go into that uh, more fully. Again, I wish to emphasize, please, please, please send me some questions so I can answer them. And then in subsequent talks, uh, we'll move on to um, the other subject matter that I like with the uh, police um, and citizen reduction of violence proposals and how to um, effectively learn to tolerate such feelings as fear and anxiety without the use of medication, and how giving you uh, ways of determining what kind of therapy you would like to be able to go into, and to what end, and so on. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will hopefully be together next week. Thanks.